Welcome back, fine townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And here we are to talk a random monster from a random monster manual. Today is not a monster manual per se, but it is a source book, a new source book, one that we have not talked about before, one that I am in love with because it is double plus adorable. It is the Humblewood source book. Okay. Very nice. Inside you have player characters can be, let me just go through the list here. So there is a whole chunk of just bird folk. So we've got Corvum, which is raven folk, Gallus, which is rooster or chicken, Luma, which is pigeon, Raptor, which is raptor, birds of prey, Strig, which is owls. Then we get into the other wild folk that you can be, Servin, which is deer folk, Hedge, which is hedgehog folk, Jerbin, which is from gerbil, so like mouse, rat, yep. kangaroo, rat. Small rodent. Small rodent, yeah. Mapach or Maypatch, M-A-P-A-C-H, is raccoon folk, Vulpin, which is fox folk. Very nice. I saw this on Kickstarter when it was... Mm-hmm. When a the while campaign ago, right? was going, yeah, yeah. And, and it looked cute and it looked really interesting. So that's cool that you picked it up. Yeah, I think Ray and I saw it originally and we were like, ah, oh, we could probably just homebrew all of that if we really wanted to and for- promptly forgot all about it. But I, I did order it the other day for just because it's so darn cute. And this honestly, this would probably be when Rook starts playing D&D. This is probably where we'll start. So That's the break in, yeah. Yeah. Aside from right now, we're doing No Thank You Evil, which is Monty Cook Games' really, really basic version. And I think it's even still a little too complex for a three-and-a-half-year-old, but he's pretty darn close. Gotcha. Anyway, in this source book, we have a handful of monsters. Not much to work with, but I am open to page 180 and 181, and we have the Cobble Fright. Okay. Interesting. The Cobble Fright. So the Cobble Fright piggybacks off of the page before, the bird folk skeleton, yep. which is just just what you would expect. It's a skeleton in this world that is made up of bird folk. Yep. They're a quarter challenge. They're, they're nothing to worry about. But the Cobble Fright. Cobble Frights are generally pieced together from the skeletons of five or six bird folk. The combination of multiple bodies allows not only for a larger and more robust design, but also vastly increases the quantity of necromantic energies cobble frights contain. This increased capacity for power provides cobble frights with tremendous strength, as much as a dozen birdfolk combined. It also grants cobble fright bones greater durability. Their remarkable power and resilience is somewhat of a double-edged sword, as Cobblefrights also require a large amount of necromantic energy to be sustained. The surviving records of Cobblefright creators note that, quite unexpectedly, the creatures develop the ability to drain the life force of other living beings, replenishing their own energy in the process. This makes Cobblefrights useful as independent sentries, as long as they have a steady supply of living beings to fuel them. Necromancers must be careful to maintain control over these dangerous creatures, as damaged cobble frights will readily harvest their maker as an immediate source of life energy. 
Oh, okay. So that's just flavor. That's the, we are not even looking at stats just yet. But thinking in the world of where most of your, your probably your biggest creatures are, what the deer folk at probably four feet or so. You know, this is yeah. This is cobbled together of of several bird skeletons. You know, it it is it is a horrifying sight to behold. It, it's another goal. Yeah. Let's see. The vulpins are four, four and a half to five and a half feet. So, so that's probably pretty big, but I'm guessing, yeah, servants are five to six. So they're pretty big. Gotcha. But yeah, this is the Humblewood bone golem, I guess. Yeah. It's a large undead chaotic evil, 15 AC, 102 hit points, like a 19 strength. Everything else is, is pretty low, save Khan at 16. Dark Vision understands Orin, Bird Folk, and any other languages it knew in life. So it could be up to six other languages if it's six Bird Folk from six different sure. yeah. locations. Not that it really matters. I mean, you're not really going to be interacting with this thing. It has a six int and an eight wisdom. Yeah, good point. It is a challenge rating of five. So early on, early mm-hmm. on enough to definitely scare the players in terms of what it's packing and it's it's got a lot going for it we've seen this trait before i don't remember it was it was something early on i don't remember what it was but it has the berserk trait whenever the cobble fright starts its turn with 40 hit points or fewer remember it's uh, 102 gotcha roll a d6 on a six the cobble fright goes berserk on each of its turns while berserk the cobble fright attacks the nearest creature it can see if no creature is near enough to move to and attack, the Cobblefright attacks an object with preference for an object smaller than itself. Once the Cobblefright goes berserk, it continues to do so until it is destroyed or regains all its hit points. Interesting. That is a fun mechanic as a DM. Oh, yeah. I want to run this thing just as a DM to, to, to do that, to make that happen. Yeah, it throws in that extra bit of fear for the the players Mm -hmm. because they just don't know. You know, it it throws in a lot of unpredictability, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. that's never a good thing, especially when you're already kind of unpredictable when you're rolling dice. Yeah, say everybody's been fighting range for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. This thing goes berserk, charges at them, stops and attacks a tree. They think, oh, it's just going insane. It's going to attack this tree. Now it's next turn. It's within 30 feet of them. So it will charge the closest one and attack. Exactly. And just tear them to shreds. Yeah, because you you assume that it's not going to attack you if it stops at that tree. So you're, right. you don't even bother moving. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah. You guys, you don't take a step back. Or you think, all right, let's finish it off. Mm-mm. Not, not a berserk cobble fright. You'd better finish it off. That's yeah. The, oh, yeah, the exactly. Let's hope that you do. For actions, it has multi-attack. It can make three claw attacks. Wow. Which is just a, a D8 plus four of slashing damage. But it can replace one of those claw attacks with a grab. Its grab attack is a reach of 10 feet, because remember, it is large. Mm-hmm. The claw has reach as well. When it hits with that, the target is grappled, an escape of DC 15. 
the Cobble Fright can grapple up to two targets at once. Once at the start of its turn, for each target it has grappled, the Cobble Fright can squeeze its victim. The target must make a DC 15 strength saving throw or take 2d8 plus 4 bludgeoning damage on a failed save. That's not as an action. It literally just says once at the start of its turn for each target it has grappled. On top of everything else, once it starts, wow, it can still attack. It can still do everything else, but it'll squeeze you. So three attacks. Assuming you don't pass the test. Is there a, there's no action to maintain the grapple or anything like that? Nothing. Nothing that I see. Yeah. Jeez. But it it is a DC of 15. The onus is on the player to roll that strength check to get out. Sure, that makes sense. But still, at a at a CR five, that is substantial. That's nice, yeah. Not and it doesn't have a beak attack. So if it has two people attacked, or, or if it has two people grappled, that's its attack. Gotcha. You know, it's not like it's going to be keep hitting people. In addition to that, it has soul siphon. Remember, it said that it can replenish its energy. Yep. One creature the Cobble Fright has grappled must make a DC 14 con saving throw or take 2d10 necrotic damage on a failed save or half that on a success. The target's hit point maximum is reduced by the amount of necrotic damage taken. So not just not just lose hit points, your hit point max goes down. Okay. Which I think just goes away, which gets fixed with a long rest, I think, if I remember correctly. I've seen this mechanic a couple times before. And the Cobble Fright regains hit points equal to that amount. Oh, here we go. The reduction lasts until the target finishes a short or long rest. Okay. So there's your heal mechanic. There's your... The last line of the the Berserk is... It remains berserking until its hit points go back to maximum. You think, oh, who's going to be healing this thing? Oh, wait, the Cobble Fright will heal itself. Yeah, and that is a lot of drain to get from under 40 hit points to the max, you said like 102? Back up to 102. Yeah, if you're yeah. if you're going with the number out of the book and not rolling. I mean, it's Yeah. Say say you roll crits on every single one of its hit dice, it's it's 12d10 plus 36. Okay. So 156. Even more drainage. But I mean, it, it's got those two claws. It's got the two grapples. It can hold one in each. Say it's got a wizard and a rogue. There's no strength in there to... Well, some, sometimes people put strength in rogues, but that's just silly. So There's no strength to break the grapple, and there's probably no con to resist that drain. At that point, I would say the, the best option would be just have your barbarian or your fighter or whatever break them out. Oh yeah, take the take the yeah. I would give them. I would give them if they want to sacrifice an action to physically do that. I would totally give that the okay, especially because your barbarian's going ham with giant fox fists, or I guess the raccoon would probably be the barbarian. I don't know. I didn't. I haven't looked at the stats yet, but it could be the mouse. You, could be. The I was going to say you could always <laughs> go against character and and have it be the gerbil. Yeah, that's true. In Tasha's. Tasha's cauldron of everything, they basically say in there for character creation, like, listen, if if you don't like the stats that the Furbolg has, here's a different way. Play a Furbolg and give one stat plus two, whatever stat you want. 
because maybe not all furbolgs are strong. Maybe not all tieflings are charismatic. Yeah. So it basically, it allows you more flavor and more, I want to play this race, but I don't want to handicap myself because instead of, it, it, it allows you to pick more than just flavor for your race, which is nice. That is really nice. I've often looked at creating characters and thought, well, why can't I be a, you know, an ogre bard or something like that yeah. and really play it kind of off character? And maybe mm. he's not a great bard, but you still want to have a little bit of charisma in there just to right. make sure that you can actually perform bardic feats. Yeah, instead of instead of taking the feat to up your charisma and sacrificing the buff to your 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 scores, yeah, 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 absolutely. It's I I love it. I, I know some like old school staunch players would be like, well, then what's the point? Like, it's it's making it more realistic. It's making it more more of a flavorful universe as opposed to everybody being in their own specific pocket of utility. I guess. Yeah, you're you're creating a narrative so. That- being artificially hampered by racial or or class related numbers yeah. shouldn't necessarily be a thing. And to be fair, if I was going to play an ogre bard, I would make sure that part of it was handicapped. Sure. I mean, you're you you can't be an ogre bard and not not have that happen. Right. There is that inherent flavor built in, but it's more character story now than mechanically for lack of a better term penalty on you for for making that choice correct because then you're hurting yourself you're hurting the rest of the party and yeah you you don't want to be the scapegoat right right exactly and it diffuses the oh well we have a barbarian it's going to be the half orc or the the opposite side of the coin oh our our half orc is the bard oh okay great well we'll see we'll see how that goes you know exactly yeah so yes, make your make your Jurban the barbarian. No one will stop you. No one will judge you. Correct. Yeah. And because if you're going to have a, a raccoon be anything, it's probably the rogue. It's got to be. They already right? have the mask. They have the mask. No one will recognize them. <laughs> exactly. So thoughts on let's go thoughts on Humblewood for what very little you know. Just the idea of. Mm-hmm. Being in this universe, having these animal forest characters, specifically focusing on bird folk, obviously, with with those different varieties. It feels a little bit like, we've talked about this before, I never remember the name, the the mice, mice knights of Mousetopia, what's the... Oh, Mouse Guard. Mouse Guard. Mouse Guard or Redwall. It's straight up Redwall is what it is. Yeah, it's not original by any stretch of the imagination, but I really like the idea of kind of branching out the the bird folk aspect. And it's not mm-hmm. just, okay, you're a bird folk, and if you choose to be an owl, that's flavor. If you choose to be a yeah. canary, that's flavor. This right. is, we're going to give you a couple different paths to go down with this mm. specific thing that... that up until this point, basically, was very one note. Yeah, your 5e options were Kenku or Aarakocra. Exactly. And granted, you could flavor Aarakocra a little bit. Like, I had the dream of playing a um, a peacock Aarakocra, who was just this fancy fancy fop of a, of a swashbuckler. But 
but it would be the same stats as as every other era Kokra. It would have the same thing. It's really just that skin. Yes. This allows for a different tack. Yeah. Before, it's just like you're playing in a video game and you're selecting the different color that you want your, your bird to be as opposed to actually yeah, right. giving it any kind of substantial bump in stats or anything beyond flavor. So I really like that you could play a rooster. You could play a bird of prey, which is something that most people probably would choose if they were being an Aarakocra anyway, I would assume. That's true. Yeah. I mean, the the standard picture for Aarakocra is an eagle head. Exactly. However, I did play in a very short-lived game, unfortunately, because it was a lot of fun. I did play in a very short-lived game where one of the players, she was the rogue and she was a goose. She was a goose. Oh, that is cool. Aarakocra. Yeah, yeah, because geese are assholes anyway. So yeah, yeah. She was her her name was Colleen. Ka Colleen. Very nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember one game you were going to run, and you sent us a bunch of different characters for, and it was like a high level eighteen, nineteen, something like that type game. And one of them was an Aracocra, and I believe that was the one I was going to pick. He was like an Aracocra monk. Oh yeah, that's also that that is a standard. Aarakocras are sick monks. Yeah, and I was going to play that. I drew up a backstory and everything for him, and then it it was one of those never wound up happening. Then life happened. Yeah, it was just going to be like a one shot type deal, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So I would love to dip my hand in that as well. I think it's a really cool race, and there's a really there's a good amount of possibility there when you're playing with them so the fact that they even open it up more with this is is great yeah that it's not that it's not just new races of bird folk that it it is that that kind of forest environment as well it could be a very disnified game it could be very cutesy mm-hmm. very high stakes but but nothing ever terribly scary but i mean you could you could go to the wall with this thing too. And and it's the exact same thing. There's no reason you can't put these characters in Tome of Annihilation or or something like that. They are built for 5e, plain and simple. I mean, if you put it into a standard wizard's pre-built adventure, I worry that you're going to have a little, little issue with being like a really small character, but maybe not. I don't know. I've never played a super small character before. That's a very good point. I'm wondering if you play it and you can't, you basically port them in where you're playing Curse of Strahd and maybe you're not fighting Strahd, you're fighting Strahd's cat or you're fighting. Oh, yeah. Something along those lines where you're just, you're taking everything that you see in that pre written adventure and you're just scaling it down in terms of size and in mm. terms of race to give it. Oh, that's a good idea. Something of your. Something that that's relative, I guess you could say. So numbers would stay the same, but size scales down. And really, honestly, I can see that that is being the the biggest concern. And if if mm-hmm. size gets scaled down, you don't have to worry about reach. You don't have to worry about futzing with AC and things like that. Strength numbers, and that really just solves it. Make the entire adventure animal folk instead of animals. I would tend that way however i would still try to work in something along the lines of a stealth or or something to that nature where you're still in this world there are still humans and half orcs and and goblins and so on and so forth that you 
maybe if you're a rat or you're a, a gerbil or even you're a small bird, they may not notice you. But if you get that that goose, if you get yeah. that that raccoon, you're going to have to try to roll some sort of stealth sure. to avoid detection. And that adds just another new flavor. It's not we're hiding from giants. It's we're hiding from humans. Which are giants to us. Which which happen to be very large. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's cool. That's cool. I like that a lot. It's it's very it's very puss in boots to me. Yeah. Which we we always bring up when we talk about s- small characters, small parties, I guess. So cobble fright specifically thoughts. I mean, it is just this version of the Bone Golem. I think that's cool mm. in and of itself. I really like the abilities that it has. Yeah. That it will, beyond just the, the rampage there, the fact that it, it will grapple you and immediately do damage, the life drain is really cool. I would even maybe add in something myself where the cobble fright can especially if the creature is small enough say it's a mouse or a, a squirrel or something mm-hmm. like that maybe entomb you within itself oh make the the strength check harder to break out or something yeah. along those lines but you're almost an internal source of that that drain oh my god so nobody else gets drained but they still have but the cobble fright then then has Two hands again to crush. Correct. That is just. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love I love the battery idea. It's just so awful. I, I'm trying to think of a way, and maybe it doesn't need it, but I'm trying to think of a way that would make it that would give the the entomb the battery character. I don't know, an advantage at something, some way to get out more easily, or or is it really just that if you get stuck in there, you are in serious trouble? That's a good point. You, you don't want to necessarily give someone... How about what you do is you make... Basically, you put the onus on the character that they have to break out of that grapple the first time because it's not just a grab put you in they have Mm. to hold you and maybe you have to maintain the grapple the second so they do have a chance to get out of the grapple exactly yeah i definitely see that but once they're in yeah it is it's tough noogies man it is it is not a place you want to be that being said it's not like your party can't see you in there and you can still have maybe there's a uh easy a little bit easier break dc from the inside and as opposed to the outside Mm. Mm mm-hmm Maybe they can't become the battery until they are bloodied. Okay. So it's not an immediate pop in there. There is a chance to to save them. I would say yes. The trouble you're going to run into there is if you're already bloodied and you yeah. become the battery, you are really toast. But I, I don't see any problem with that. Oh, that's true. That's true. I mean, that just puts the onus on people to maybe direct the attacks at a certain point of this creature as opposed to wailing away at it willy-nilly then maybe and maybe we're thinking way too much into this but maybe the maybe the battery does half the amount of damage yeah that makes sense just cut those rolls in half or or drop the dice value or or whatever yep and and we're thinking way too much about this is probably what we should just change the name of the podcast i yeah i feel like we've said that plenty of times plenty of times 
But yeah, I, a, a sufficiently scary critter, some nice mechanic to make it more than just fighting a big old bone golem. Yep. I like it. I overall like it. I'm really intrigued by this system. I think it's 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 cute and it's fun and it and it has it has a lot going for it. And in in the source book itself, unfortunately, they don't have a monster manual for Humblewood. They just have what's in here. But they also have a, a straight up adventure, an adventure arc. A pretty looks like a pretty big one. I haven't read through it yet. But well, I just I looked up Humblewood as well because it just looks interesting to me, and it looks yeah. like they have some free stuff you can download as well. Oh, nice. Okay, for monster manual stuff. It looks like it's more along the adventure side, but mm, okay, it looks really interesting and something to something that I kind of wish that I had jumped on at the Kickstarter and and maybe got some of that stuff for free. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll take a look at Humblewood, and I suggest everybody else take a look at Humblewood. Their minis are adorable. Well, okay. Gosh, how many adorable PCs would you give <laughs> the Cobble Fright, Matt? <laughs> As batteries? Uh, let's see. Adorable batteries. There adorable we go. batteries. Okay. Yeah. I Like I said, I really like the character. I really like the system in itself. I mean, if I was going to rank the system, it'd be pretty high up there. I think the Bone yeah. Golem is just a, a minor piece of that system, so I'd probably just go with a solid four. Okay. But I think that... The Overall, mechanically, you know, with a, oh, yeah. as as a monster, as a monster, maybe it would pump it up to a five. I don't think you can do much with this beyond just the big scary. That's true. Monster, though, That's I do true. think it obviously sets you up for the evil rat necromancer or whatever right. who created this, this thing. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, um, I I'm okay with a four. If you want to go back, go go to a four. That's 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 a good point. I I'm. Having the Humblewood flavor, it, I think it, it, it gave it a little more in my mind than it, than it really deserves. But you're right. You can't do a whole lot with it. It is, it is a, a small piece in the machine of everything else that's going on. But ultimately, it's an encounter that may lead to something a, a little bit bigger, but not by much. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. I, th- I think it's really cool. And I, I like you said, I encourage everybody to check out both this monster and Humblewood in general. Mm-hmm. But this will be just maybe that middle boss or that that creature that they see before they get to the necromancer, something along those lines. Sure, yeah. If if we're thinking a one through ten arc, this falls right in the middle at five. So yeah, exactly. Well, that is four adorable batteries for the Cobble Fright, the Humblewood system for five E Humblewood. Um, does not sponsor this podcast. Humblewood does not sponsor this podcast. Campaign setting, that's what it's called. The Humblewood campaign setting for 5E. Get in on that. You can find links to all of the indie books that we talk about either on the Feckless Momes Random Encounters page or also in the show notes. Give them a look if you're looking for new monsters, new... I'm always looking for new characters to play, personally. That's my... That's my thing. I always want to play a different thing. So mm-hmm. so that's a great place. That's 10, 10 different PC races to play. So that's wonderful. And uh, and look at the other stuff too. We've got Monty Cook Games coming up. We've got Cobalt Press, obviously, Eldermancy, all that. Get in on that because those are some awesome resources for a DM or just anyone who loves a good old monster manual like we do. And that is it for this week of Random Encounters. Thank you so much for listening. As always, greatly appreciated. We we love your nerdly ears. 
We love caressing your nerdly ears with our, our sweet, sweet tones. And we will do so again in a week. I've made it uncomfortable. Thank you. Hey, Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.